This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good afternoon, family and friends, and thank you for joining me this afternoon. My program's called Rise. I'm Renette Myberg, and I just want to encourage you this afternoon. This is the program where we give you hope, heart guidance, wisdom, and knowledge when real life happens in the family. But we also want to ask you, are you ready to be part of the change in our nation, the great commission God has planned for our nation and for are we praying and we stepping into the prayer life of who we are meant to be in these times? We are really privileged this afternoon to have Pastor Amanda LaRue. Um, she is absolutely phenomenal in the ministries and I am so pleased and blessed to have her in my program this afternoon. And she's an MD of Ariella Ministries and she's a wife, a mother and grandmother. I tell you, she's got a, a CV of note, businesswoman, ordained pioneer and fivefold minister, magazine columnist and an international speaker and content creator and broadcaster on gospel radio and TV stations. She has really a woman of God that is multifaceted and talented. And she's also the founder of Ariella Ministries, a non-profit organization based in South Africa and Restoring Hope and Foundation, a non-profit company based in central Malawi. And this is where we need to see the value that she has on our continent. She is the co-founder of the Arise Africa Continental Intercessors Network, and this is exactly what we are really going to encourage people to tune into, is the fact how important it is to be an intercessor for our nations. And the founder of Real Talk for Women with Amanda LaRue, she's a mentor to several continental women groups, and she writes and presents an online prayer school. I really would encourage you to look her ministries up, but she will give us all the details later on. Um, she serves on several national leadership uh, boards, example, Time to Arise SA. Very important for us to uh, really look that organization up and click the link. It's very important for us to be part of the change for our nation. And the Christian Leaders uh, Fraternal SA and heads up provincial and continental prayer networks. Amanda is passionate about transformation in South Africa and the whole of Africa to see the gospel reach and impact remote villages in Africa, especially Malawi. Our focus is threefold, cultivating a calling, restoring hope and rebuilding dreams for impoverished and orphaned children and their families, training, equipping and mobilizing the ecclesia, the body of Christ, online mentoring programs for women. While uh, Pastor Amanda, you really have a massive, massive CV and so um really stepping in the calling that God has placed you for. So we're really privileged to have you on with our, on our program this afternoon. Thank you, Renee. Good, good. We are going to just carry on with our questions straight after this. We're needing just to wind this up quickly, and we're going to listen to a track, and we're going to listen to all the amazing plans and purposes and pre-worrying for our nation that you're going to help us with and guide us and tell us how to do it straight after this. Good afternoon, family and friends, and thank you for joining us this afternoon. We have got an incredible 
Women of God, in the studio with us today. And she's Amanda LaRue from Ariella Ministries. And she's been a nation builder for and a game changer ministering throughout our nations and internationally for many, many years. And when we know that we know that we have a profound prayer warrior for our country and for our nations and for the continent of Africa. So welcome, uh, Pastor Amanda. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. And I'm really going to ask you, jump into it quickly and say, what has been your passion and your journey and why are you so passionate for the restoration of our nation? Thank you, Renette, and good afternoon to all the listeners. Renette, you know, to be honest, it all started in 1996 when God moved us to Sanderson. I was confronted with the brokenness of the people in my town, the community, you know, where God has planted us in, in 1996. The level of racism, lovelessness, disunity mm. in the church astounded me. So racism in all the facets as it manifests in a place like language, class, color, education, you name it. It really touched my heart how broken this little town was. So God moved my heart and Renee mm. to, um, you know, really feel his heartbeat for us as a town. That is where it started. For the lostness, for the ignorance of these people in Sanderson. So without really understanding what was happening to me, I yearned to hear what was in the heart of God for my town. And I started to pray. In those days, I must mention it, I didn't even know the word intercession. Yes. I felt that unction, (laughs) the unction of Holy Spirit to pray for my town. So one night, God gave me a phenomenal dream. And in the dream, at 17, verse 26 and 27, as a blueprint to understand His heart for communities and ultimately for our nation. It was like a supernatural dream where I could read the words from the Bible, from the Bible that I had in my hand in the dream. So the verses came crystal clear to me in the dream. I could read it, you know, to the people that were caught up in the grip of racism and hatred. Mm. I could see my dream, imagine. So Acts 17, verse 26 and 27 shaped my mindset concerning nations, and I want to read it to us. From one man or one blood, he created all nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. Verse 27 says, his purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way forth towards him and find though he is not far from any one of us. So the Lord brought such a revelation to my heart that he loved nations. He alone created every nation. He is the only person that determines the allotted periods and times for nations. You know, what nation will inhabit what continent at a specific time for one purpose, Renee, 
to seeking, to feeling, and to finding. And this is what the gospel of the kingdom of God is all about. He desires um, to, you know, that we will reach each person yes, in Lord. our community and our nation with the message of the, the gospel of the kingdom of God. This is God's heartbeat. This is why God has, has placed every person that lives near you, around you, in your town, in your village, in your city, with a hope that I will seek him, with a hope that I will gratefully see him, and then ultimately find him. So that night, God placed his compassion for the lostness mm. and the ignorance of the people in my town and nation in my heart, and a desire to mobilize prayers in my town and beyond. And I must say again, I had no academic qualification. I did not have the lingui even, you know, the words like yes. standing in the gap and all those things. But because the Holy Spirit was with me mm. in me, he could place this unction on me and also the desire to rise up intercessors and prayer warriors that would be willing to pay the price and stand in the gap um, for our little town. And obviously later on, it just started to escalate into the province, from Alanda where I stay. And um, I became the leader of the Pumalanga uh, for Jesus Prayer Network. It's now for many years that I bring the different towns together. With, and I'm working with a team of um, five-fold ministers in the province to wow. bring towns together to pray. Mm. To pray for our province and to, you know, we need also to just... Um, motivate them and minister to their and exactly. whatever they need to be relevant in the time where we live now. Yes, absolutely. This is incredibly encouraging. You know, the fact is that you just started praying and then God developed it, directed you, gave you the way, showed you the way. And this is what he says, Lord, just give me, I, I pray every day, just Lord, show me how to live in these unprecedented times and perilous times that I have the right heart and the right mindset. And all you did was start with a heart matter. Just got your heart in alignment where your heart broke for the situation. And you know, I, well, I was listening to your uh, teaching the other day, which was so super found for me is the fact is that our mindsets need to change in these times and that we have been called for this time and we know, he knows exactly how he selected us to live in these times for this time and he knows that he's going to equip us how to pray so just give us a bit of a guidance on on you know the the, the way forward you know the fact that you went into a, a small area like a, a strand a Stanerton, and we know you know the the atmosphere there can be quite uh, quite uh, different to other areas in the in the country not that we are isolating in area but life is difficult and uh, so how did you bridge the hardships of um, racism and all that in this time well you know first of all I really had to connect my heart with the heart of the Lord 
Yes. I had to come to a place where I understand that I've got so much brokenness in myself mm. that I haven't exchanged for what Jesus already did. So the Lord took me through a, a short period of, um, I want to say, in healing, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, and He taught me how to to raise up intercessors and to take them like it was like two lines. On the one hand, soul care to make sure they have dealt with all the racism and all the things in their own heart, all the yes. idols. And on the other hand, God started to teach me how to teach them to stand up as intercessors, um, you know, to, to a specific call of God. So the first thing that the Lord did, and this is really key for me to mobilize people in South Africa, yes, please. he took me to John 8. 17 verse 18, where Jesus prayed, and, and I love the prayer that Jesus prayed for the church. But in verse 18, he said, As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And, and then he repeated this in John 20, 21, where after his resurrection, when he appeared for the first time to the disciples while they were still afraid and hiding behind walls. He says again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So the Lord had to, to um, work in my heart, a supernatural work, to lay down all my personal desires, what I wanted from this little town, what I saw, you know, what, uh, how I felt, what God has, has moved us to stand us in, to a place where I could feel the heartbeat of Jesus Christ in my heart, all the lostness in the sound. And then, with the revelation and the understanding that God has called me in person, but He has called us as the body of Christ um, to do what He, what His Son did on the earth. So to understand that the Great Commission is not about gender or education, but a step of obedience to the call of God to be His witnesses, telling people about Jesus Christ everywhere. So the call is to every child of God, not only a few so-called anointed people. It's not only a few selected people that are called to pray. No. The Lord wants us to Follow in his footsteps. Follow his example. So we are all commissioned to take the gospel at least to our own family. That's first mm. line. First line. And then to the community and our nation. Now, before we even think about the ends of the earth, God needs to break our hearts at, at his church. Yes. Oh, and he says so in the word that our yes. hearts must break for what breaks he, his heart. Yes, yes. So that's what a lesson I have learned, really through my walk with the Lord and in the process that He prepared me to lead bigger networks of prayer and whatever, you yes. know. Yes. So as I said yes to the call to mobilize intercessors and to stand in the gap and on the wall, of um, their communities and nation, because God at that point started to send people from all over South Africa 
to stand us and portray me, God also started to give me a great, great, great favor with an influence, you know. Yes. In the, I want to say seven mountains in my town, in my province, and wider. So, um, so God connected me to leaders in the nation with the same heart. You see, really, for us to really commit um, to this gigantic call to pray, to persevere in prayer until Jesus comes, we truly need a revelation of the love of God for the lost. We need a revelation of the love that exists between the Trinity. And we need to understand how God has poured out that love in us for the nation and how to activate it. And as long as I want to do what I want to do, you know, how I see a ministry, how I see a calling, it will not or we will not succeed. But what changed things for me in my life was when I really connected to the fulfilled word of the cross on Calvary and the fact that as a called one, as a commissioned one, Jesus paid the full price for my personal salvation, but also for my personal restoration mm. and created me to become a new person in a new creation, part of one new man. So God's heart for the body of Christ is very important. And for us to become transformational in our daily walk with the Lord, we need to embrace the body of Christ like never before. We see, um, God reveals his heart for nations in Isaiah 60 verse 3 where he says, all nations will come to the light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. But we need to come to a place where we understand that Jesus has paid this price to reconcile you and Gentiles every nation to him. And that nation belongs to him. He's got a yes, lot of nations. And we need to allow the Trinity to deposit that love, that everlasting, unconditional love that exists between them into us for nations. Amen. So it's a growth curse, I want to say, mm. for us as South Africans to really come to a place where we can intercede with power and get heaven to respond to earth. We need to deal to the core with what um, opposes the life of Christ Jesus in us. You know, as Jesus said, it, it is a mystery what he did on the cross. It's a mystery. Yes. It kept it a secret that he would reconcile every nation to him. So for us, understanding the power of the cross, this should become our highest priority to see that nations be reconciled to Jesus because he poured himself out for that. And um, and in doing so, it's not only, you know, being in your prayer closet day and night, but it is a lifestyle. Prayer evangelism yes. very serious. 
you play, you win the self in your room, and when you come together as teams, but then there is a time where we need to actively preach the gospel of the kingdom and actively bring it to the community. And this is the thing that I have seen, how people run into my uh, business, little humble, little business in Sanderson, like one woman that ran in crying, helping my daughter is dying. How did she know she can come? To my business. Amen. You know, Amen. It's a mystery. And wow. God knew that that girl, she had cancer. So the gospel came, the kingdom came near that family. And that it brought, and they came. Yes, and yeah. was drawn to you. I want to not yeah. lose momentum here. We're going to take a break and then we're going to continue with this amazing topic because this is so relevant. This is so profound and so powerful, um, uh, Pastor Amanda. We need to know how do we activate that, but it starts with us. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to join you straight after this. Thank you so much for staying tuned with us this afternoon. Wow, what an action-packed, profound session that we've just had with Pastor Amanda LaRue from Sanitin. And she's uh, the MD of Ariella Ministries. And I can tell you now, if this doesn't ignite your heart and make you feel deep, deep, deep desire to pray for our nations and trust and believe the Lord for that. So, Pastor Amanda, there must have come a huge shift as you were as you were exercising and executing this prayer drive that you had within yourself and in amongst your community and activating and mobilizing so many prayer groups. I mean, you are so profoundly known for all the prayer groups that you that you run. Um, you know, what was that shift? Where did you find the confidence and the, 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 the unction to really step out in faith and say that I'm going to pioneer this? Really? You know, how it happened in my life is that Jesus just came and he gave me a clear revelation and understanding of the fact that he called the church to be a house of prayer for all nations. Mm. So in, in, in John Matthew 21, verse 12 to 14, and John 2, verse 12 to 25, and this also Mark 11, 15 to 19, we see a phenomenal example. And the Lord used this scripture in Matthew 21 to really take me to a new level of prayer, a new level of invitation, a new level of motivation to get the church to pray. So this source of Matthew 21, then Jesus entered the temple court and drove out. All who were born and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the seeds, um, and um, yeah, the seeds of those selling there. And we declared to them, it is written, my house will be called a house of prayer, mm. but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to you at the temple and he healed him. And you know what I mean? It dawned on me when God ministered through His Spirit this word to me. How serious the Lord Jesus is about His church and that the church should be a house of prayer. And mm-hmm. once we have 
uh, understanding that we, we, we need to deal with every little idol and everything that lingers the Holy Spirit from moving in our pre-gatherings um, in the church. You know, that it, this is the point, this is the turning point or the tipping point where the supernatural is activated. And I started to understand to activate the supernatural is God's heart. Because Jesus drove out those who were doing wrongful things and had a personal agenda and putting up stumbling blocks that lead people from coming to the temple for healing, for answers. And the moment when God brought this scripture open to me in my heart, that we as a church, we have a responsibility to deal with whatever lingers the flow of Holy Spirit and the supernatural intervention of the Holy Spirit. You know, the reason why guides the Spirit to us is to empower us to be witnesses. And it took me to a new dimension mm-hmm. in prayer. Um, you know, I understood immediately that when we rise up in the thesis to intercede for a nation, a town, or whatever, there is two sides to the to this coin. The one side is where I take responsibility for my life, and I make sure that I'm in line with the Word of God and what God has called me to do. That's yes. how I will be able to fully commit to the calling of God to pray for our nation. That is how I will come to a place where I'm willing to lay myself down and to help rebuild the walls, help to be to fill my little gap as a watchman, as an intercessor, or whatever God wants from me for that specific time and season, you know. So, yes. so the understanding of the fact that the house of God is a house of prayer. Yes. That is what brought the, the, the change yes. and took me to new levels of prayer. Yes, yes. Because he said, you know, he, he's, he left us behind and he's chosen ordinary people to do extraordinary things and that we are going to do greater things than what he did on this earth. And this is where we have to really trust that Holy Spirit operates through us, but we have to stay in alignment. We need to keep checking. Are we in full alignment according to the word of God and that he is the living waters that run through us in these times how do we how do we navigate and govern our minds and hearts and our souls in these times so this is very profound and thank you so much for sharing that with us because you know we sometimes think we're so small but we are so powerful when the holy spirit is in 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 charge of our tasks and our assignments so you know your assignment has grown exponentially, but it's because each and every person that has 
come in alignment with these prayers has clearly the light it's been switched on you know they've been switched on and activated and they are so vital wherever they are throughout the world um so this is such a profound message that we just need to start somewhere and the change starts happening so you know uh, uh, you've got such a wide spectrum of people that are involved and you you know you in the government you in everywhere People are just calling on you. And the fact that you even somebody that's sick, God just draws him near to you because of who's in you, uh, uh, Pastor Amanda. And we clearly can hear what has uh, transformed and transpired in your life. So we just thank you for what you are doing right now. But just give us, you know, a, a, a factor of, you know, uh, you, you are internationally, you are moving there as well and you get invited out to be part, to partner with um, co- different causes and organizations as well. Because you don't just do praying, you are actually actively involved. Like you've got an organization that you're partnering with in Malawi. So just give us, you know, what is that rural experience? Because, you know, we come from all different backgrounds and cultures, uh, creed, and, you know, what is the impact of uh, that's another kind of footprint that you have to have influence on? If you can just give us a, a bit of detail on that. You need to know, there's a scripture in Matthew eleven twelve, And this is my go-to scripture. It says, And from the days of John the Baptist, until present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault. Mm. And violent means seized by force as a precious crown. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and extends extension. Extends extension. You know, um, really, for us to answer the call to take the gospel to the ends of the earth or to your nation or your community, we need a revelation of mm-hmm. our identity. Who we are in Jesus Christ, who he called us to be, and what he called us to do. Yes. We need to understand the purpose of unity in the body that reveals, you know, Jesus as the same one and the Messiah to the world. And we need to um, really embrace the fullness of the identity, not only my personal identity in Jesus Christ, but the corporate identity um, of the church in Christ. Mm. So the first level of advancement and the first area where we need to shift atmospheres Yes. So we can bring the kingdom of God right into the atmosphere. It's how I think about nations, churches, and individuals. Yes. How I see them. And we need to understand that the kingdom of God, and um, you know, in the kingdom there's only one nation, there's only one church, and it's one new man. And we are partnering with the Trinity. And in the Trinity, there is perfection in unity. Mm, there is perfect love. There is perfect fellowship. And they are one. And in Christ, we were made one new man. And we should let go of all our own ambitions 
um, to answer the call to manifest our given unity in the Trinity. So for me, as the Lord started to send me out to the different continents, Papua, Indonesia, different islands in Indonesia with both in the city and um, the first you know, I've witnessed the power of uh, unity. When we work towards restoring unity in the body and then partner together to bring the gospel into areas that used to be under the dominion of darkness. I've witnessed the breakthroughs that that follow yes. our ability and willingness to humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God. Yes. In laying down personal agenda, desires and whatever. And take of this one thing that the Lord says, seek God first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and I will add everything to you. Amen. So I've seen the power of prayer, yes, prayer for unity in the body, yes. But more than that, when the body decided the leadership of towns like Manakwari in Papua, when the pastors decided to, to take hands in faith and start to pray for that city called Manakwari, I have witnessed the transformation taking place. Powerful. And and for me, this is key. This is where I need to unite my heart to the body. Yes. I cannot be a loose cannon, mm. just standing somewhere and shoot like, you know, from the side. The Lord says he called us to be a holy nation, singular. He called us to, um, to be a chosen generation. He called us to be a royal priesthood. So it all uh, points towards oneness with each other and the Trinity. So the Lord says he wants you to feel with none at a place. He says the reason why he made us a royal priest is a chosen generation and holy nation is to proclaim the praises of the of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Yes. Now for us to call people in prayer out of darkness and then go out and put action to our prayers and preach the gospel, we need to understand it is from a place of being one in the Lord. Amen. And that sometimes, for example, when we do crusades, we approach all the leaders, spiritual leaders in a town, a city, or a region, and we bring unity, we spread to that ministry of reconciliation and mm-hmm. make sure that unity. Because when there's unity, we know the command and blessing of God will be there. Then we mobilize the prayer, we, we do a leadership training, and um, also how to catch the fishes, you know, yes. what to do, the salt is coming in. Because the congratulations comes with discipleship. Mm, absolutely. I'm actually just going to continue with this because it's just so powerful. I don't want to lose the, the, the momentum of it. Um, so I'm going to finish our interview in this session because I really feel that what you've just, um, 
let out is the fact that you have to come in unity and inclusive, inclusive all religious leaders um, in an area. And the fact that you've got to come into an area because you've got to leave those leaders behind to carry on the work that you've that you've started. So this is so important for me to listen to is the fact that, you know, you go out to all these countries and Indonesia and all these other continents. And I'm sure the cultures of prayer and, uh, you know, religion all operates differently. But the fact that you are in unity with the Trinity is making it so more influential and powerful to leave behind and know that things are going to change. So this is just what I want to ask you as well, is that we are going to just find, you know, what is it that we can do, uh, you know, as, as the individual, as just little old me sitting here, you know, how do I activate this and discover what God has called me to be and who am I supposed to be in this time? And how do I create unity and a, com- a form of commitment where I am right now? So if you can just give us that, you know, you, you said you started out just breaking your heart, but how do we activate it where we are right now? If we're in an old age home in, a, you know, a rural area or, you know, a group of unemployed people, what do we do as the individual? Yes. So as an individual, want to understand how God has called us and that he called us each and every one of us to, to take part in the Great Commission. For me, yes. a starting point is always John 17. Why? This is for me also, the, the, you know, the beginning point of the Great Commission because Jesus prayed in verse 20, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So I found that I had to submit my heart to the heart of Jesus and allow his love to infuse me. There's two keys for me in this. It's love and compassion. Mm. So to allow the love of Jesus, the love of the Father and the Holy Spirit, you know, the love between them are perfect. To be caught out in me. So I want to say to our listeners today to pray this prayer, Romans 5, 5, where the Lord promised us He will pour out His love through the Holy Spirit in us. Philippians 1 9, where He says that unconditional love and determined works together, that we will come to a place that we desire to be loved vessels for the Lord. Mm. I cannot uh, commit to a lifestyle of prayer. If I do not love the Lord, my God, with all my heart, all my yes. soul, all my mind, and everything in me, my entire strength, mm. but I also will not be able to commit to pray for a nation or a community if I do not love my neighbor. Mm-hmm. And that is how the Spirit's biggest um, assignment is to, to emphasize and to establish Love for God and love for the neighbors in our heart. So to to grow in a vibrant prayer life and mm. to grow in unity in the body, we need 
this dimension of love, unconditional love, everlasting love. And, and it's available and it's yes. not a worldly thing. It's not, an, not approachable. It's, it's, it's doable. Yes. yes. It's available through the power and the outpouring mm. of Holy Spirit yes. in me. Now, for us to unite, you know, we also need love. Mm. John 17 is phenomenal. It's a phenomenal prayer that we need to study to understand how God supernaturally and poured out or given us his glory to unite us. And I always say to the intercessors, we are called to be um, those who shift spiritual climate, spiritual atmosphere, other people, over communities. But what is it that we need to establish? We need to establish what is going on in heaven. What is the atmosphere in heaven? It's love. It is mm. peace. It is glory. And we need to connect with this dimension of the Lord Jesus where we allow Him, you know, to pour through the Holy Spirit's love into us, washing away all the fears. Washing away all the limitations. Yes. Washing away all the lies that moves us and that is wearing us down and causing us not to keep to our commitment to pray for nations. Yes. To pray, you know, Jesus Christ is um, this I uh, give me the nations, you know. But in John, as I said in John um, 17 and in John 21, he says, as the Father of sins, I ask you, Jesus. That Amen. Jesus wants us to partner with him. Yes. He needs to choose to draw people to the cross. Amen. And Amen. we put that, we need love in unity. We need love, uh, unity in, in love and unity in the Spirit. Amen. Amen. And it should be our highest priority. Mm. Oh, this is such a loaded topic, and it's so important for us to be in this position, to position ourselves properly and incorrectly in our in our own walk with prayer, so that we can deal with the powers and principalities that are ap- operating in our in our atmospheres, in our countries. Amanda, I have no words to tell you how valuable this session has been because this is something so vital and so important for us to step into. I'm really going to have you back again because this is something that we need to activate and remind people that they have a voice in heaven and on earth that can transform nations. Thank you for being the nation builder that you are. Thank you for praying for our country. Thank you for being part of the of Africa's uh, goal of being saved. And we just trust the Lord and believe that he will continue to use you mightily throughout all the nations, that you will be a pioneer for his power and his kingdom to operate through the Holy Spirit in you and through you for change. Amen. Thank you, Renee. It's wonderful. It's a privilege to take hands all over South Africa. Even as we listen, we are joining the Spirit. There's no distance. And we lock our faith shields. Amen. And we stand for the transformation and reformation. And of expectation. <laughs> yes, with 
expectation. Amen. 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 It was such a joy having you on our program. Such an honor and privilege. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon, family and friends. And I just pray that you are ignited, excited, expectant on what the Holy Spirit can do through us and the Trinity partner with the Trinity and we know that we are going to be a powerful strong nation for the great commission of salvation so thank you, join us next week, thank you for being with us this afternoon and I hope you are encouraged and and expectant and we will see you next week, stick to the rules be good and looking forward to being with you next week, thank you Amanda, see you soon, we'll chat soon, God bless This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.